Before I read our scripture, I just want to say a word of thanks uh, to the choir and the troublemakers, Bill, and to Ben for filling in. Alan's not here this morning. And also to Stacy for filling in with the children's moment as our own Aaron Smith, our children's minister, is off on her delayed honeymoon. So I'm thankful to all of you all for leading us in worship this morning. Thank you. Our scripture comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. I'd like to offer this as a passage of scripture to set the tone for our Advent season that we will share and celebrate together. I invite you to follow along on the screen as I read it out loud. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. You have made the nation great. You have increased its joy. They rejoiced before you as with joy at the harvest, as those who divide plunder rejoice. As on the day of Midian, you've shattered the yoke that burdened them, the staff on their shoulders, and the rod of their oppressor. Because every boot of the thundering warriors and every garment rolled in blood will be burned, fuel for the fire. A child is born to us. A son is given to us, and authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and for his kingdom, establishing and sustaining it with justice and righteousness now and forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As Pastor Stacy mentioned in her welcome, uh, the church has begun to look different for the Advent season. We're decorating. I want to say a special thanks to everybody who came out yesterday to help decorate uh, in the sanctuary and other parts of the church. Uh, Dana Christians in particular who led that effort and everybody who came with her. And I know there were Sunday school classes and and ministry areas that participated and sent people to be a part of it. We had a great time in here. And uh, if you haven't looked around other places of the church, I invite you to do that before you leave this morning. There's a beautiful chrismon tree out in the uh, atrium. I invite you to take a minute and appreciate that and that it was put together without instructions um, it, it's, it's a marvel to behold. There's another tree out here in the narthex. There's a, there's a beautifully lit tree in the fellowship hall and, and strong lights. The um, Christmas tree for Murphy Harps, our angel tree, is also out here in the atrium. We had a lot of fun decorating in here. And for me, that was actually the third time in a week because uh, a week ago I went with my fiance, Kristen, to decorate their church, East Cobb Methodist, and uh, she and her two kids were with me in here yesterday. And then, of course, we decorated our home, uh, my coming home, the one that she has in Roswell. We decorated that this week. And, uh, and then sometime this coming week, uh, Aaron will be with me, and we're going to decorate our house here. It's the season for decorating. I wonder if anybody in here has begun to decorate. Have you started decorating yet for Christmas? Anybody? Yeah? Thinking about it? Dreading it? Did I hear that? Yeah. Did anybody start before Thanksgiving? You got into your decorating early, you just couldn't help it? Okay, some nodding. Nobody willing to put a hand up on that, but, but some, some honest people out there. And if you're with us at home, I don't know, maybe you've begun to decorate too. You might be doing it right now. I don't know. 
But it's the season for decorating, for, for preparing to celebrate Christmas. And that's what Advent is. It's a season of preparation, of anticipation. It's a season of, of building excitement for what's to come. And one of the ways we do that, one of the ways we anticipate and prepare is by decorating. And it's beautiful. I'm telling you, really, take, take a minute before you leave and, and go check out some of the other spots around the church. It's beautiful. Because we're, we're getting ready for something. Something big. Something meaningful. Something significant. Something that we're willing to invest our time and effort and energy to prepare for. And that's the arrival of the Christ into the world. And into our lives. As Pastor Stacy told the children who were up here just a minute ago, in the Christian calendar, in the church calendar, in the liturgical year, this is our new year. Today starts the new year, the first Sunday of Advent. And just like we celebrate New Year's any other way on January 1st, on our New Year's, we look ahead with hope and expectation for all that is to come in a new year for us as followers of Jesus. We look ahead with our dreams, our desires, our wishes, our plans, for the ways we want things to be different, better, something new, something more. That is what we do today on this first Sunday of Advent. And I offered that passage of Scripture from Isaiah chapter 9 as something to set the tone for us during this Advent season as we do that, as we look ahead, as we look forward with hope for something new that God is doing in us and among us and that God has in store for us. Maybe you've heard me mention that we also have this study guide that's written by a man named Walter Brueggemann I mentioned it last Sunday and, and I lift it up before you again as something helpful for you during the Advent season to, to read and follow along. The sermons will go right along with each of the chapters out of this book. And this book is called Names for the Messiah and it comes out of and written based on this chapter in Isaiah, Isaiah 9, where we're given these four different names for the Messiah. The Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, the eternal or everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So I hope you'll get one of these books and follow along with us. I know some of our classes are doing it. Now we've got some at either of the desks out these doors. You can stop and get a look at one or pick one up or you can go online and get it. There's even a Kindle version. But I, I commend this book to you during this Advent season to follow along with the sermons. Names of the Messiah by Walter Brueggemann. And he notes in here that this passage in Isaiah chapter 9, when it was written and even after it was written, was used not just to name or identify or look forward to Jesus, but it was named specifically and written specifically to look forward to the birth of an earthly king. Most likely the prince, Hezekiah, who was born about that, the time that this was written the 8th century BCE. 
And as the people of Israel looked forward to what God was going to do with them and among them and for them with this new king being born, Isaiah offered these prophetic words of what that would look like. What this new life, this new world would look like for them and for everyone. And he names the one, the Messiah, who would be the one to usher that existence into reality as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And the fact is, Hezekiah was born, reigned, and died. And some of the things happened during his reign were good, some not so good. And so where this prophecy was written in some sense about a person who was being born at the moment that it was being written and and more to the fact it was written about God's kingdom that this person would usher in or lead them into, it's true also that it probably was used as a refrain to celebrate the birth of other kings subsequently. But we also know it as a prophecy about God's eternal kingdom. And the Messiah who would usher that in once for all by the name of Jesus. And this helps us get an understanding not just of the prophecies of the Old Testament in the sense that they were written about what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do, but it also helps us get a sense about Advent because that's what Advent is. It's a celebration of the arrival of the Christ. We celebrate that Jesus arrived, that he was born on that day that we celebrate on Christmas. We celebrate that Christ is arriving, that Christ is showing up in our world and in our lives in new ways every day. And we celebrate that Christ will come again in final victory. And reign for eternity on the throne of God's kingdom. And this prophecy in Isaiah is pointing us to that. To the establishment of God's kingdom and the one who will reign eternally on the throne in Jesus. And points us to him first as the wonderful counselor. Now in this book, Brueggemann identifies that the term used here, counselor, has a certain kind of political tone to it. That this will be a king who will reign and have authority. And and in some sense, this involves the exercise of governance, he says. That there's a sense in which we understand this counselor to be one who will set policy and plans And establish what it looks like to live well together in God's kingdom. And have the authority to enact that. There's also a sense we get in this counselor imagery that this is someone who is coming alongside us to teach us. To show us the way to live that out. Not just to say what it will look like and enforce policies to make it so, but to show us how to live that out ourselves, to demonstrate and teach that to us. Now, I don't know, in today's vernacular, when you hear the word counselor, you think 
therapist, maybe, uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, um, and there's something to be said for having a wonderful counselor. I've got a wonderful counselor. He's helped me in a lot of ways. And in this sense that it's being used in the scripture, this, this counselor, this wonderful counselor that, that would be Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, is helping all of creation see and envision a new way to live, the way of the kingdom of God, that would indeed be new and different, not just for them in the 8th century BCE when it was written, not just for them at the time that Jesus was born, but also for us and for everyone down through history to have our imaginations engaged, to see something new, a new reality, a new way of life. As we sit here today on the New Year's Day of the Christian calendar, we look forward We look ahead with anticipation and expectation and hope that we will see something new, a new way of being and living together. And not just a new way, but a wonderfully new way. This wonderful counselor will show us something we could never have imagined. We could never have come up with on our own or accomplished by ourselves. Something different. Just like any good counselor you've had, whether it be a professional or a family member or a friend, if you've ever had somebody offer you good counsel, wise counsel, didn't they indeed help you see something more clearly or see something from a new perspective or give you a different way to think about things than you had before? And that is in fact exactly what Isaiah is telling us about Jesus, this wonderful counselor that he's come to help us see the world, to see ourselves, to see God, to see life in a whole new way. I love that the example that Isaiah uses right in the middle of this passage of scripture is the day of Midian. He says, just as it was on the day of Midian, when you shattered the yoke that was on their shoulders. He's talking about the day that the Israelites went to war with the Midianites. The story is in the book of Judges, chapters 6 and 7. And I'll tell you the quick version. The Midianites were another nationality, another nation of people who had gone to war with the Israelites and conquered them and taken over their land and driven them up into the caves of the mountains where they hid in fear for their lives. And they were scared, defeated, living in the darkness, quite literally, but then evoke the language here in Isaiah chapter 9 that they were in the darkness when a light broke in. And what God did is he called Gideon. Maybe you start to recognize the story. And he said, Gideon, I want you to gather the army 
And I'm going to send you out to battle against the Midianites, to defeat them and drive them out, and reestablish you, my people, in this land. And so Gideon called all the people together, all the army, all the fighting people for this cause. And then God said, wait, nope, that's too many people. And then God went about this process of thinning out the army. Down to the point where Gideon was like, this, this, this is all I got? Just these few people is all we're going to go to a war with? And God said, yes, because I want you to know and I want everybody to know this was me winning this, not you. And then God gives him the strategy, the plan. Here's where that wonderful counselor comes into play, where we get a new and different vision for how we're going to go about living out God's calling on our lives as the church. Because God whittled that army down to just a few hundred to go into war against what they described as an army as numerous as the sand on the seashore. So their, their camels were, there were so many camels you couldn't even count them. And what God said is in the middle of the night, when they're all asleep and they're changing their guard, I want you each to take a trumpet, a torch, and a clay pot over it and go and stand around them on the ridge and encircle them. And all at once, as they went and took their places, then all at once, they blew their trumpets and smashed those clay pots. And all the enemy that was encamped down in the valley who were asleep They were startled and awakened by the noise. They saw that bright light shining. And it says they were so discombobulated, they started to turn on each other and attack one another, thinking they were under attack. And after attacking one another and seeing all of their fellow soldiers dying around them, they fled. And God gave the victory to the Israelites. And so Isaiah says to the people who are waiting and anticipating the arrival of the Christ with hope into the darkness breaks a light. And that light shines brightly. And in that unconventional, unorthodox way, God led this small army of God's people to victory in the darkness. Church, We have a wonderful counselor who has come to bring the kingdom of God to us and among us and in us. Who has come to establish God's kingdom as we celebrate during Advent characterized by hope and peace and joy and love And has come to do it in a way like we may have never expected or seen it coming. Just like over and over again, Jesus engaged people where they were in their lives, in their pain, in their fear and failures, in their hopes and dreams, and gave them a glimpse of something new and beautiful. This wonderful counselor has come to do the same for you and me and for all of us together. Now, one commentator I read about this passage says, note that when we're introduced to this as the concept or the image of Jesus, what we're not seeing is that Jesus comes as one to solve all the world's problems 
so that then we don't have to get involved in any of the work of justice or righteousness. No, but rather He comes as one to make the way, to show us the way, and then call us to that way. As we decorate for Christmas and for Advent, as we get excited about anticipating all that this season means and brings for us, may we be anticipating and getting excited about something new that God is going to do and is doing. And that takes our effort. That takes our participation. Listen, all this decoration didn't just happen. There were people in here yesterday working hard at this stuff. These wreaths don't just fluff themselves. And I'll tell you, go put a big tree like that together without instructions. You've done it, or you did it yesterday here, or you've done it in your homes, or you've done it here in the past. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes some patience. It takes teamwork. It takes donuts. You know, it takes all of it. And all of us to live out this way that this wonderful counselor is calling us to. And the guarantee is that it's going to be something new, different, better than we ever could have expected. Oh, church, that we together this Advent season would allow God to open our hearts and our minds to see, experience, and receive that gift from this wonderful counselor this Advent season. We're going to finish our time of worship with one more song in just a minute. I want to invite you as you sing to remember this passage of Scripture. Remember the story of the Israelites on the day of Midian. Remember what it must have looked like in the middle of the night, in the middle of the darkness, when they busted those clay pots and the light shone all around in the darkness. And then I'm going to invite you to put that together with how we are going to end Advent season this year. Just like we have so many times in the past, we'll be in here on Christmas Eve, And we'll finish our time of worship on Christmas Eve with everybody holding up a candle just as it is moved from daylight to dark. And we'll sing and celebrate the light of Christ shining in the world, in us. May we know that light and live shining that light together. Will you stand now as we'll sing?